0: This is Coffee with Karina, and here's your host, Karina Michelle.
1: Hey, and welcome back so this one was really fun uh one of the first cds my dad ever gave to me was deaf leopard's hysteria and this was back in 1988 i think i was 10 years old and we had just moved to the us from england and wow i mean these songs they really take me back to that time uh hysteria has sold over 25 million copies worldwide making it one of the best-selling albums of all time Today's guest overcame a terrible tragedy and in the process had an almost spiritual awakening. He's given back to so many charitable organizations, inspiring so much hope along the way. I've been a fan of this guy for a long time, so he has such an inspirational story, and I'm just so thrilled to have him on today. Drummer and artist Rick Allen is here. How did you get into music and find your way to joining Def Leppard at 15, right? You were so young.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, actually, uh, my best friend, John, he lived just down the street from me. And I remember, it must have been about nine, nine or 10. And he was really fortunate to get a guitar for Christmas.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, uh, so I went home and asked my parents if, if I could get a, a drum kit because we were going to form this band and the f- the first thing they said was, "No, we can't afford it." <laughs> You no, know, we yeah we just couldn't afford it. It was that was what it was. But then a couple of days later, they came back to me and they said, "Well, if you do a few jobs around the house, maybe go do some jobs in, in the neighborhood and help out some of the neighbors, uh, earn a little bit of extra money, then you know you could we could do that. We could get a drum kit on layaway, perhaps. But the the main stipulation is that you have to go get lessons before you know uh-huh. before you get the drum kit, so that you don't get the drum kit and lose interest Uh, so that's what I did I ended up this guy called Kenny Slade he was he played drums with uh, Joe Cocker on and off Joe Cocker being from Sheffield I got a really good teacher he's a bit raggy around the edges his appearance (laughs) but
1: but, uh but he worked he did the job
0: yeah yeah he he loved my mother he thought my mother was great you know I got lessons and then just joined local bands playing cover songs and then eventually, I was kind of getting fed up just doing doing the whole club circuit and just playing cover songs. So I was getting a bit disillusioned at the ripe old age of I don't know thirteen, and I know. <laughs> um, and then we saw this we saw this article in the newspaper in the local uh, Sheffield Star by a guy mm-hmm. called Keith Strong, and his the headline was Leopard loses skins. Oh, that's <laughs> 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 So my parents they said, Well, let's call Keith Strong and see if we can't get in touch with uh, with Def Leppard. And we called up, we got we got Joe's number, I believe. And within two or three days, I met with them at a local club and realized that we'd been to all the same concerts and probably Mm. stood next to each other at all these different concerts that we went to. And and then I think round about just before my fifteenth birthday, I, I got an audition. The original drummer came back. He wanted his job back. Of
1: course, right? It's like okay.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently he was more interested in his girlfriend than he was for re- oh. uh, So, yeah, I, I can understand. So he came and this other guy came and they said like, well, do you, you know, do you want to go first or what do you want to do? I'm like, I ah, know, do you guys just do you guys play? And so I, I stood at the on the sidelines and listen to what they had to do and learn the parts as well as I could. And um, and then when I played, there were smiles all around the room. And then I got a call from Joe basically saying, you know, you, you've got the job. That was only probably about six months, six months or maybe a little more than, you know, when they first started. They started in 77. I joined in november of 1978 and the rest as they say is history
1: that's crazy that's so cool what a cool story so what do you think is the secret i mean you know def leppard has been such a success for so long you know and there's i actually saw you guys at madison square garden a couple years ago which was incredible we had great seats and it was the perfect venue and you know it was awesome
0: yeah, that was weird. Uh, that was with journey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: it's the journey show.
0: Yeah, it was great. I was that was really cool. I really enjoyed it.
1: So, what what do you think
0: what's the what's the, what's the yeah? Formula? What's the secret? I th- I think I think continue to write new songs, continue to bring out you know new records, and then I think just there was always this camaraderie. And I think some of the low points in our career tended to strengthen that, okay. that, that that sort of bond. When we lost Steve, it was really difficult. We didn't really know what to do, and we weren't quite sure why we were doing it. And then the realization is that we're friends, that we can do this, we can move forward. And then again, when I lost my arm, that was really difficult. But, you know, I got tons of support from my family and hundreds of thousands of letters from all over the world. Wow. Uh, yeah, you because know, at first, I, I just wanted to disappear, you know. And then I discovered the the power of the human spirit, you know, like just, I, I, I think the turning point was when I started playing with my present physical state, you know, with one arm. I started to realize that it didn't serve me to compare myself to how I used to be, uh-huh. and it didn't serve me to, to compare myself to others. And I think the trick was to really embrace something that was unique. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, And that's what kind of pulled me through.
1: Wow. Yeah. At what point did you think, okay, I I can still be a drummer. I'm going to make this work. And how did that kind of come into play?
0: I um, I think after I got out of hospital, while I was in hospital, a very good friend of mine who sadly isn't with us anymore, but uh, he was uh, this electronics genius. And he came to visit me and he said, you know, we could build you some pedals, you know, so you could play with your feet. So the day that I got out of hospital, I was supposed to be in hospital for a long time. And I got out around about a month and my brother picked me up. And the first thing we did, we drove to the this guy's shop, a guy called Pete Hartley, Uh and and we drove to his shop, and he had the drum kit set up in his shop. And I must have spent less than five minutes playing it because I was exhausted. You know, I'd been laying up in bed for all this time. And but it was then that I realised that there there was hope. You know, that Uh I could do this if I really wanted to. So that was really the beginning of me taking it seriously. And really wanting to.
1: Wow, that's amazing! So I'm gonna ask this question. I'm sure you get asked it a lot, but how do you do it? And and you make it look so easy. I mean, the crowd goes nuts. I've seen it in person when they
0: when they. No, do that's cool. um, Yeah. I think it's a. I think the information is in in your head, in my head, and it was less of a learning curve and more of an ancient response to survival, whether that was, you know, whether that was protecting the family or, you know, whatever ancient response, because I found that the information in my, in my, in my head, a little bit of my left hand went out to my right hand and to my right foot and to my left foot. Oh. So there was this, there was this like for instance, yeah, I, like for instance, when I was a kid, I, I was very right-footed playing soccer then when i got out of the hospital after losing my arm i could kick the ball almost with my left as i could with really my and that's it just happened naturally. Just shifted. Wow. yeah it, it was it was like it was like wow what a gift
1: yeah, yeah. that's amazing yeah wow so, so did it take you a while to kind of pick it up once you had you know the drum kit and you know the new pedals and th- I'm sure you had to relearn how to play the well, drums a little bit right
0: yeah there, there, was, there was there was it was more repetition and, yeah. and and just and just kind of building new neural pathways or making them stronger and and sort of once once uh, once I kind of I just kept practicing and practicing. And once, once I got it, it was kind of ingrained. It was in my DNA. And then the learning curve took over and, you know, I was, I was really enthusiastic to play. So I just got better and better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So what I just learned is you're also an artist. I never knew this. This is so cool.
0: It's, it's great i, I mean yeah. i love it because it, it takes me to the same place that i go when i play drums which is uh-huh. really in, in the moment and in my heart it's a it's a little less physical than playing drums but uh, nevertheless you know i go to that same wonderful sort of place of it's like an open-eyed meditation you know mm-hmm. and i actually picked it up when i was a kid i mean we all did i'd get more paint on the floor and the, and <laughs> yeah. on the I That's did a fun on, my, time. On, on the paper, but but, yeah. but it didn't matter. It was great. I loved yeah, it. Yeah. Ten years ago, when my youngest was born, we started painting together. kind of brought it all back to me. So, I, yeah, it just kind of inspired me to, uh, to start, you know, trying this for real. And my wife, she convinced me to show it to other people. And then when I showed it to other people, I got a really a really positive response. I started working with a company called Scene4 initially, and then I met with Christian from Wentworth Gallery, Yeah, and and he just you know he just he took it to the next level. You know they they, they've got about probably ten or twelve galleries around the country. It takes a lot of the 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 legwork out of it for me. I just produce the art, you know, get up, ship it off to head office in Miami, and then they distribute the 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 pieces amongst uh, all the different galleries that they have, and uh, it's it's been great. You know, some sometimes. First time art buyers, I think because of the fact that they're familiar with the music, they're, you know, they're more willing to, because they feel like they know me. Right, Uh, right. That's true. (laughs) They know
1: everything about you. No, No, I think, (laughs) yeah, no, I think that's cool. And I saw, so the new collection is called Wings of Hope or The Wings of Hope. Yeah, And it's in Fort Lauderdale and Boca coming up. Right, Hard
0: Rock. Oh, there's a Las Olas, uh, Las Olas yeah. and then on the 20th, on the 21st, is the the Seminole the Hard Rock Hotel in in Hollywood, Florida, and then I think on the 22nd is Boca. So between those three galleries, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty busy.
1: Yeah, and you'll be there. I actually see it on here. It says artists will be in attendance
0: at all three (laughs) shows.
1: I'm sure people love that. They can just come by, see and buy some art and and meet you too. So that's...
0: No, it's it's cool. I mean, you know, I try to meet everybody that I can because there are some people that can't necessarily afford to buy the art and they they just want to say hi and, you know, get something signed. So I always make a point of saying saying hello to, to to everybody. And actually a nice little story. This one girl, she said, I can't afford to buy the art, but you know, I just really wanted to say hello. And then a year later she bought a piece. So oh, really. Yeah. It, it, it pays to be it pays to be kind to people, you it
1: know. Does, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, thanks so well, much. And it's so nice glad. to talk to you. Yeah, so glad that I get to talk to you, and I hope to see you guys um, again. Do you have any tours coming up? Or I know it's a weird time right now for that.
0: Um, we're, 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 yes, I mean yes, we're supposed to. But I think the ultimate decision is going to be with the sports promoter, the music promoters, theatrical promoters. It's been devastating for our business. The ripple effect that went out, we were the first to close down and we'll probably be the last ones to open back up again. And I think that decision has to be based around science and around people's safety. I think that's first and foremost.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm excited for that time when we can start doing that again. That will be good. But have a great time at, at the artist showings and hopefully I'll see you out there. And I'll attach everything on here as well, your website and get all that on the podcast.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Well,
1: have a good rest of your Friday.
0: I think we're going to jump in the pool after. Me a too. Days.
1: We're in a warm weather, right? We're lucky.
0: Right.
1: All right. Hope to see you soon. All right, darling. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, this is Karina. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, check out some of our other episodes and give us a rating. And you can also see the written article on authoritymagazine.com. In the meantime, stay safe and we hope to see you back here soon.